0: God bless you tonight for being here. We're going right to the Word of the Lord. God is going to touch us tonight. You know, sometimes, I was thinking about this today, sometimes uh, we, we think that we have heard some things over and over and over, and we think sometimes, well, that's too simple, or that's just basic, or that, but you know, the, the Word of the Lord has some basics in it that we better never forget. We need to be reminded often of some of the things that we find in the Scripture, well, all of the things that we find in the Scripture, but some of the basic and cardinal doctrines of the church and the way we ought to live and how we are to be Christians and what God really expects out of us. And I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes I overlook the simplest things. So tonight I'm going, to, I'm going to be talking about some simple things. As a matter of fact, for the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking along these lines We just finished uh, a four-week study on knowing your enemy, and uh, I believe that helped us all. We know that uh, the devil is after every one of us, and he'd like to take us out, but he can't take us out because the Lord's on our side. Can you say amen? So I'm going to begin tonight, begin with a very familiar passage of Scripture. You don't have to stand. I'm going to read this scripture, and then we're going to launch into a study. And for the next few weeks, we'll be studying this, Nine Secrets of Healthy Relationships, Nine Secrets of Healthy Relationships. But it goes back to this scripture right here. In Galatians chapter 5, you probably have a study sheet in your hand. Hopefully you do. If you do not, raise your hand. Brother David uh, Boland will get you one. Here's what it said, Paul in writing to the church. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. And and with, with that Scripture, we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks the things that make healthy relationships. You know, our world is made up of, of relationships. You you have relationships with your friends. You have relationships with your wife or your husband. You have relationships with your kids. The world is built upon relationships. And if we don't keep those relationships good, then we we have issues in our life and we have trouble that we don't like to see coming. So today we're gonna we're gonna Uh, began a series much overlooked but very important in the Scriptures. In fact, Paul basically tells us that this is a test of our Christianity. If Now watch me close. If the fruit of the Spirit is not growing in your life, then there is a major problem with your faith. Could I say that again? That's a simple statement, but that's very true. If the fruit of the Spirit is not growing in your life, then there is a major problem with your faith. So the extraordinary beliefs of Christians can reasonably be expected to produce dramatic behavior practices in their lives. For instance, let me give you, those who believe in Christ's sacrificial death will adopt a sacrificial lifestyle. Those who have been forgiven by the Lord will make the choice to forgive others. Those who believe that God created them will have a sense of purpose and direction in their personal lives. And those who are convinced of the holiness of God will have a high sensitivity to issues of righteousness and morality. So, James, in his writing in the New Testament, explores this this link between behavior and belief in his epistle. What we we believe is how we behave. What we believe affects every move we make. Amen? Let me show you what James said. This is simple. In James chapter 2 and verse 17, he said, Even so faith, if it hath not works... Is dead, being alone. So if you believe, you're going to have works. Because James said, if you have faith, it's got to have works. If it doesn't have works, then your faith is no good. We can say we believe something, but our faith and what we believe has to put into action our works and how we get to where we're going with our faith. He reminds us, James does, that our belief will behave and that, that correct belief will behave correctly. Jesus made a similar point when he said this in Matthew chapter 7. He said, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? In other words, you're going to know people by how they act. You're going to know them by their conduct. You're going to know them by how they talk. Oh, I'm going to resurrect some of you before this is over with. I'll don't do nothing else. I'll make you mad. And so he then said this in the next verse Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. You know what he's saying? Everybody's going to produce fruit. You're going to produce fruit. It's up to you as to what kind of fruit you produce. We are all commanded to do so and demanded to do so if we are children of God. You were created. Listen to me now. You were created to be a dwelling place. Brother Lewis so beautifully touched on this last Wednesday night when he preached powerfully about the Lord being in us. I believe the Lord dwells in this temple. Do you believe that? I taught on it the Wednesday night before, and he didn't know what I said, but I taught on it the Wednesday night before. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. That's why the devil attacks your body, because we house God. God doesn't just live in here. God lives in here. And we, and him being in here, bring it in here, amen? We bring the spirit of God wherever we go. The church is not a building. The church is within us. So if that be the place, you were created to be the dwelling place of God. And without him in your life, things quickly will get out of hand. And your flesh will dictate what patterns of behavior you have, you will start producing not spiritual fruit, but fleshly fruit. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls it the works of the flesh. Everybody say the works of the flesh. Let me give you scripture in Galatians chapter 5. Now the works, verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these. Here's the works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, Uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You're going to produce fruit. So you can go Galatians chapter 5 and produce good fruit or you can go Galatians chapter 5 and produce the works of the flesh. It's strictly up to us. But everybody, say this with me, everybody, everybody is producing fruit. Amen? And that's why Jesus said, you're going to know men by how they act. Your conduct, Tells everything. Your your mindset and the way you live tells everything. You can tell when people fall in love with Jesus. You can tell when people fall out of love with Jesus. You can tell when people are doing their best to live their lives according to the scripture. And you can also tell when they don't really care. You can tell the fruit of the spirit. Watch me. The fruit of the Spirit is not an option. It's not an option, but an essential part of Christian experience and Christian behavior. It may develop at different rates in different people, but it must be developing in every child of God. It may take you longer to learn some things. It may take me longer to learn some things. And some things, the fruit of the Spirit comes natural to some people in some times. The fruit of the Spirit affects every relationship you're involved in, including your relationship with God. We'll get there. Here's what the Scripture teaches about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, this is the first blank on your page that I handed you, and you can fill this in. The fruit of the Spirit is produced supernaturally not naturally. It's produced supernaturally. Like all fruit, the fruit of the Spirit grows out of its root, which is the character of God. How many of you believe God is a Spirit? How many believe God made himself manifest, became flesh, ascended back up into glory, but sent his Spirit to live in us? You believe that? So if that be true, then every Every fruit of the spirit comes supernaturally when you receive the Holy Ghost. There's some things that has to happen. Here, here's the character of God. You ready for the character of God? I'm going to give it to you tonight. I think it lists on your sheet of paper, so you can just read along with me. Love, the Bible said God is love. Joy, He will rejoice over you in Zechariah. Peace, He is the God of peace in Hebrews. He is patience, patient with you, Peter said. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and temperance, which is self-control. Those things are in the scriptures as to the character of God. So if that's the root, out of the root comes the fruit. And what God is, you have to be. You sing a song in church, you you remember it, some of you will. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus on earth, I long to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, I only ask to be like him. To be like him, you you will bear the fruit that Jesus produces. We're commanded to produce that. We're commanded to produce this fruit in our personal lives. You can't produce it in anybody else's life, but you can produce it in your life. If we could produce it in everybody else's life, we'd all be working on other people. But that's not our business, and that's not our job. I'll tell you, the biggest problem I got about going to heaven is holding this microphone tonight. It's not you, it's me. But I got another revelation for you. The biggest problem you got, put your shoes on tonight. And I don't think your wife put your shoes on. Amen. So you have to love. You have to have joy. You have to have peace. This is what we're going to be talking about. This affects your relationships. You have to have patience. Everybody say, Lord, help us. I don't know about you, but I need a baptism of patience. You have to have kindness. You have to have goodness. And guess what? You have to have faithfulness and gentleness and self-control because that is what God is. And if you get God and he's living in you, that's what's got to come out of you. Is everybody with me tonight? To live consistently or to consistently live this kind of life is an impossible task without the Holy Ghost. It's impossible without the Holy Ghost. Now just let that sink in. You see, it's 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 so easy to be overwhelmed with the immensity of God's character and all the things that God is. It's 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 I read one fellow's writing that said, It's like the little boy who set a, an ostrich egg in front of his chicken and said, Take a good look at that and try harder. If you... I've heard people say, "Well, I went to. Ch- we used to go to church, and 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 you couldn't do enough to be saved. I didn't have any joy. Let me tell you what the Lord wants you to have joy, and He wants you to be happy serving God. Amen. I have this. I have this mental picture about Jesus. I'll just pause. This is not in your notes. It won't be. But I have this mental picture about Jesus. You know, they can paint any picture they want to, an artist can. But here's what I want to tell you my picture is. He was full of vibrance and full of laughter and full of joy. He was fun to be around. You know why I get that picture? Does anybody know why? You'll never make me believe the kids ran and jumped up on his lap and and sat on his knee if he was just an old fuddy-duddy because they don't like people like that. I believe Jesus Christ was fun to be around because kids loved him. They come out of the crowd, and they sit on his knee. See, see we, we get this picture of God sitting on a throne with a big stick waiting on us to mess up. I don't believe that. I believe God wants you to be saved more than you can ever imagine. And I believe he will devise every mean to save people. I believe he'll go beyond the call to save you. Amen? I just believe that. Somebody said to me not long ago, and I believe this, knowing what we know, it's going to be hard to go to hell because he loves us that much. I don't, I don't want to get overwhelmed with the immensity of God's character and be like the little boy that set the ostrich eggs in front of the chicken and say, try harder. I want to say the secret to living for God is being full of the baptism of his spirit and having him dwell in you every day, all day, every night, all night. This is why John said in his writing in the 15th chapter and the 4th verse, he said this, and, and Jesus was talking. He wrote this down, and Jesus said it. Abide in me, and I in you, and the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. In other words, Jesus saying, if you want to produce good fruit, you got to abide in me because I'm the vine, and you are the branches. And you can do it, but you got to do it through me. We can have intentions of being good, but intentions are not good enough. We have to have something to change our character because let me tell you, in the inside of every person in this building is the innate, I don't know how to put it in such simple terms, the ability, the innate ability to sin and be a sinner because we were born that way. The Bible said that we were born in sin and we were shapen in iniquity. We were sinners by birth. You may not like that. But David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. In sin, that's where I was born, in iniquity. I'm not a good guy by nature. I don't have love by nature. I don't have joy by nature. I don't have peace by nature. I don't have the characteristics of God by nature. So when you come to him and you abide in him, and he said, and I abide in you, then you can bear fruit because you're a branch and I'm divine and you can get the good stuff just abiding in me. Let me help you here. The fruit of the Spirit, this is the next blank on your sheet of paper. The fruit of the Spirit Is singular. Everybody say singular. Have you ever noticed it did not say the fruits of the spirit? And there are many fruit listed, but they come as a package deal. Because of their personality, some people have an easier time with some aspects of the fruit of the spirit, okay? But like buyers that go to the fruit store, they sometimes concentrate only on the fruit that interest them or come easily to them. But the things that we're going to be studying are not different fruits. They are part of the fruit. Not a, you, you can't find where it says fruits of the Spirit. There's not 10 different fruits. There's one fruit. But there's a lot of things inside that fruit. Sometimes the very loving are not self-controlled. And sometimes the joyful are not gentle. And sometimes it's hard for the gentle to be faithful. And sometimes the faithful require drastic action. Sometimes the faithful exercise their faithfulness so enthusiastic that they forget their kindness. You, you get where I'm coming from? There are some people their personality attracts to certain parts of the fruit of the Spirit. But I'm going to preach to you on this Wednesday night and every Wednesday night that the fruit of the Spirit is singular and when you get one, you get them all because you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So if you if you think about fruit rather than fruits, you take away the freedom to be picky and you take away the excuse to behave sometime like we do because you can't be mean And still have love, joy, and peace. You got to still be kind. You can't hate somebody and still have peace, joy, and gentleness. You get where I'm coming from? Well, you get one. If they're of God, you get them all. Because it comes with the package called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the Spirit is not a collection of unrelated traits that can be selected or neglected according to personal preference, but rather it's a complete composite of the description of the character of God and the way Christians act. It is a direct result of your experience with God in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of folks, I know a lot of folks, and I've seen folks when they, when they get carnal, they get mean. I don't believe you can hate anybody and go to heaven. I believe you have to have the peace of God in your life to be saved. I believe you've got to have gentleness. I believe you've got to have faithfulness. I believe you've got to have kindness. You can't be mean to people and be saved. If you're mean, you need to go back to the altar. Amen? Amen. But I don't like them. You don't have a choice. Well, it's quiet in here today. I hear the mice running on the ceiling tile. Watch, Watch this one. Here's the next blank on your sheet of paper. Gifts show my ministry, but fruit show my maturity. See, when we start talking about spiritual gifts, and that you can, you can read all about them in the Scripture, spiritual gifts are distinctive abilities that God gives to believers that receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and, and everybody don't have the same gifts. There's different gifts. You with me? So when you, when you talk about gifts, they're not fruit. Gifts are different than fruit. When, when, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and to be used of God. The Bible talks about desiring spiritual gifts. We should desire spiritual gifts. And some of these gifts are supernatural. They're operated only under the influence of the Spirit of God. And while others are, are natural abilities, you know, There's all kind of gifts in the scriptures, not just the gifts of the Spirit, but there's other gifts that are listed in the scriptures or that talked about. The Bible doesn't lock us in tight restriction as to the number of spiritual gifts or even their definitions. The major gifts. They're found in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 1 Peter chapter 4. But you just remember this that the spiritual gifts appearing in the New Testament are exemplary and not exhaustive lists. There's a lot of gifts that people have. People have the gift of hospitality. Some people, by their personality, have the gifts of hospitality. Amen. The gifts of caring for people. There's some folks that are just caring for other people. And there's some folks that by nature are mean as a snake. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. There's some folks you like to be around because you feel good. There's some folks you see them coming, you say, Oh no. Yeah, you do. Don't you act like that. They don't make it They don't make us Wrong. That just tells you that that person may have gifts that attract and draw and people that can be used in the Spirit of God. Now, developing, and this is the next, the next blank on your paper. Developing the fruit of the Spirit in my life is the ultimate spiritual experience. It's the ultimate. The word there is ultimate. And I love this. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. You know, theologians call speaking in other tongues the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And yes, I do believe that. I believe that speaking in other tongues, according to Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, according to the Scriptures, you won't find anything else that is the evidence of people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost like speaking in tongues. And and I, I I agree with Brother Lewis last week on probably 99% of what he said. If he's watching tonight, I don't believe you can speak in tongues anytime you want to. I believe the Spirit gives the utterance. But the Spirit lives in you. And there have been times I've been riding down the road and gotten the Spirit and started speaking in an unknown language. Yes, sir, I believe that. So, yes, I believe. But I don't think we can be sitting at the dinner table drinking coffee and you can just go to start spewing out tongues. How y'all doing out there? We ain't shouting, but it's truth. I believe the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, will cause you to speak in a heavenly language. Yes, I believe that. Now, I believe that's the initial evidence. I want you to say those two words with me, initial evidence. However, however, what we fail to see sometimes is it's not just the initial evidence. It's the continuing evidence that we need a baptism of. And the continuing evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not tongues necessarily. It is the development of spiritual fruit in your life. That is the ultimate spiritual experience to be transformed by God. This is why Romans 12 and 2 said this Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You got to be transformed. And what God transforms us, let me tell you. When people come to God and 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 you know, they may receive the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues. I believe in that. Anybody believe in that besides me? I believe in that. But I tell you what else I believe. I don't believe you walk out and you 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 stay in the same shoes that you came in. I believe you're a changed human being. I believe you don't go where you used to go, talk like you used to talk, act like you used to act, live like you used to live. I believe that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And you can see the difference. Behold, the Bible said, all old things are passed away and all things become new. I preached it a thousand times right here in this pulpit. So hear this preacher when you receive the Holy Ghost It's not a one-time thing, and it's furthermore not the end. It is the beginning of your walk with God, and from that point, things have to start changing in your life, and your lifestyle changes, and your home changes, and your job changes, and your kids change, because there's a real change in you. And that is the continuing evidence of the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to be preaching more about the continuing evidence of the Holy Ghost than we do. If the the fruit of the Spirit is the secret to healthy relationships, the key to spiritual maturity, and the evidence that somebody is really a Christian, then why is it more why isn't it more common in the lives of believers because you see we need to go study galatians chapter 5 and find out what those nine things are that was listed by paul and he said this this is what you're going to produce if you're a real child of god you can't be a devil and produce the fruit of the spirit You can't be a backbiter and a troublemaker and produce the fruit of the Spirit. Y'all still love me? You know I ain't going to tell you nothing wrong. I'm going to tell you what's right. But you've got to become full of love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, temperance, you got to have all those things working in your life. And when somebody spits in your face, you got to love them anyway. And we, we people do you wrong, you got to pray for them. You can't you can't fight back because you you're not allowed to do that. You got to forgive people. You got to love people. So Jesus Jesus talked about it. Here's he talked about it in another, another manner. And I'm gonna, I'm going to go here before we close tonight. I got 23 minutes anyway. I can preach a whole sermon in 23 minutes. Matter of fact, I gripe all the time about having to speak an hour on Wednesday night. I ain't gonna lie about it. Mark chapter 4, here's what Jesus said. Hearken, behold, there was out there went out a sower to sow. This is an old parable that you've heard many times, but listen to this. It came to pass as he sowed. Some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And then you go down to the 14th verse in that same chapter and the Lord gives the explanation of the parable he just told. Here's what he said. That, that sower that went out, he was sowing What was he sowing? Can I hear somebody say it? He was sowing the word. He said the sower was sowing the word. And these are they by the wayside. Here's what happened to some folks. The word was sown, and when they heard it, Satan comes immediately, and he takes the word that was sown in their hearts. He takes it away. That's those that were by the wayside. And then there, he said, these are, they likewise, which are sown on stony ground. I mean, the word's being sown. This is what happened. And, and he said, there's some that fell on stony ground. Well, here's his explanation. Who, when they heard the word, immediately they received it with gladness. They got it at, at church Sunday. But because they didn't have any root in themselves, and so endure but for a time they lasted till Monday morning. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth, for the word's sake, immediately they were offended. So they they the word couldn't grow in them either, because it was on stony ground. Oh, they liked it when they heard it, just like the guy by the wayside. But that one by the wayside, the devil snatched that away from them. He stole their victory before they got out of the building. Here's some that lasted till Monday, but the Bible said, I'm just paraphrasing now, just hang with me here. And the Bible said in verse 18, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choked the word and it becometh unfruitful. So we got people that come to church or hear the word, and when they've heard it, Satan immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately he took the word away from them. They heard it, but the Bible said immediately. Then you got some that come to church, and they're, they're happy. The Bible said they heard and they received it with gladness. That means, boy, I like what the preacher said. That was good. He preached today. That was awesome. But Monday morning, because they didn't have any depth and they weren't on, on solid ground, they, they couldn't endure because here comes affliction and persecution and their worlds turned upside down and they are offended and they lost the word. And then the one, am I doing okay here? Y'all just looking at me. I know you pulled up a, t- a chair at the table, but would you mind rattling the fork every once in a while? So these are they which are sown among thorns. They hear the word, and then all of a sudden, depression hits Monday morning because they don't have enough money to pay the light bill. And the cares of this world, does anybody here know about the cares of this world? The cares of this world will tear you apart I mean that's thinking about your kids welfare that's thinking about how you're going to pay the bill that's thinking about your job whether you like it or don't that's, that's thinking about the argument you had with your wife my wife sent me a clip today I wish I had it to, to, to send up and I'd play it on, it's TikTok, help us Lord. But but somebody, there, there was a family on the way to church and they were fighting and the kids were screaming and the mama and daddy was slapping kids and fighting and they were getting close to the building. You may have seen it. But but all of a sudden the dad said, now look, we're about to go in church. Nobody knows we had any of this going on to church today. And it shows them walking in the front door for a man and a woman and his wife and I mean his uh, kid, his boy and his girl, and they have smiles and they're waving at everybody and everything's good. The cares of this world will kill you. The Jesus said the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, and he didn't he didn't stop there. He said lust of other things entering in, the they choke the word, and you become unfaithful. But he said, and then there are those that sown on good ground. They hear it, they receive it, and they bring forth fruit. Everybody will never be on the same level. I want you to listen to me right now. Everybody in this church will never be on the same level with their commitment to God. In this church... You can live for God as hard as you want to. But if you don't make the trip brother so-and-so made, or sister so-and-so made, you're not going to be judged here. Thank you, Brother Hodge. I heard somebody say good, thank you. Because here's the deal. Even Jesus said, if you don't believe Jesus, you ain't going to believe me either. But he said they're going to bring forth fruit. But everybody's not going to bring forth the same amount. And everybody ain't going to make the same trip. And in my pastoring years, 52 years of preaching and 48 years of pastoring, if that's not enough for you, well, I'll go get a degree. I have a degree. I came straight out of the school of hard knocks. But here's what I found. Some folks are going to be 30-fold, and they're going to remain 30-fold. And you ain't going to change them. Some folks are 60 fold and they're going to remain. But there's some folks that are 30 fold that'll make 100 fold because they'll get a desire and the Word of God will take root in their heart. But He said they receive it and then they start bringing forth food. Some's going to do just 30, some's going to do 60 some's going to do 100 but the 100 can't criticize the 30 and the 30 can't can't be mad and jealous of the 100 and the 60 that's in between is probably the guy that's in the middle of the road thanking God for ditches on both sides y'all with me? what are you saying? there's four kind of people who hear the message I'm closing quickly take your pen out and write these down the first one are pathway people, and these are people just right hardened. in that blank. They're hardened by the influences that they allow to beat a path through their, to their life. They're hardened by the influences that they allow to beat a path through their lives. The next kind of people, and this all lines up with the, with the parable that Jesus told, are rocky people. They're so shallow, and that's the word you need to put there. They're so shallow that they never develop what it takes to serve God consistently. Amen. And then there's those thorny people, and put this in that blank, that are crowded by the distractions of an overactive, overscheduled life. Everything's got their attention but God. That's what the Lord's talking about when he's talking about cares of this life. You get all caught up, all caught up with everything, and that's what the devil likes. Everything but God is what he likes. Amen. And then there's productive people. And in the productive people, write this on on that blank, good ground to grow the fruit of the Spirit. This ought to be a fruit factory right here at this church that produces the fruit that God wants us to produce. Let me tell you, if hate's coming out of my mouth, or unforgiveness is coming out of my mouth, or malice is coming out of my mouth, or envy is coming out of me, I'm telling you God don't produce that. You know what the Bible said? God is not the author of confusion. He don't produce, he don't produce things that, that, are, that are divisive and he, he brings people to the heart of God. And what we want today is to become that good ground that can grow good fruit because that good ground that produces good fruit is going to affect every relationship you will ever have upon the face of this earth with man or with God, every relationship. I close with this this verse. John 15 and 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branch. If you abide in me, he that abideth in me, he said, and I in him, the same bringeth forth how much fruit? Everybody say it with me. Much fruit. If I'm in him, and he's in me, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You can't do it without God. So here's what we have to do. We have to pray to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Folks, I don't know about you, but it can't be just a Sunday morning experience for me. Amen? I don't care where you have to do it. Learn to pray riding down the road. Keep your eyes open. Learn to pray while you're washing dishes. Learn to pray while you're teaching school. Learn to pray while you're working on cars, David. Learn to pray no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're at. Learn to pray while you're using a hammer or while you're using a vacuum. Learn to pray. Learn to talk to God. Stay in close communion with God. Because let me tell you, there's enough in our world to take our minds away from God. He'll snatch you early in the morning, the devil will, and you won't think about God all day long if the devil has anything to do with it. You better find time to spend with God. And I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you right now that you got to go get on your knees and spend three hours a day. That's not what I'm telling you. But you better have relationship with him because when you do, these things will start coming out in your character, and they'll start coming out in your lifestyle, and everything you do will be centered around the fruit of the Spirit that we're going to be talking about. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to talk about each one of them over the next few weeks, and I, I, I found this little study, and I thought, my God, if we ever needed anything simple, that's what we need. We need the love of God. We need the joy of God. Amen? We need the peace of God. We need the gentleness of God. Come on now. We need that. We need to learn to live like that. I need that. You need that. We need to not only, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this next week. You can't just say I love God. you got to love your, because look here, there's relationships like this. Everybody has one, and there's relationships like this. This one is between you and God, but could I tell you something on this Wednesday night? You think you got this one and don't have this one? You got another thing coming. Because the Bible said you can't even love God whom you've not seen if you can't love your brother whom you have seen. Is that right? So next week I'm going to be talking about love. You'll need to be here. Boy, we're going to talk about real love. I'm talking about love to the core. I'm going to talk about everything about love, so don't you miss it. Amen. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to produce fruit and let it be good fruit. I don't want no rotten apples falling out of my tree. I don't want no fruit that's going to make somebody sick. I don't want any fruit that's going to destroy things around me. I want some fruit. I, w- I want to produce some things that when people look at me, they say, you know what? He He's a real Christian. She's a real Christian. They, they really have an experience. You can tell they've really got an experience. Don't you want that to happen in your life? The only Bible some people will ever read is you. The only Bible some people will ever lay eyes on is you. And you've got to be the light that shines in the darkest world that we've ever lived in. The toughest times for the church and yet the most powerful times for the church. More more people and more things and more demons and more devils coming at us now than there's ever been in the history of the church but more power in the Holy Ghost because the Lord said, in the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out. That's why we baptized 12 last Sunday. That's why we, our Sunday before last. That's why we had people get the Holy Ghost here Sunday. We're going to keep pressing on and God's going to keep producing the fruit in our lives that needs to be produced. Put your hands together all over this house. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.